and welcome to the Petty Prophet Podcast, where we discuss news, entertainment, politics, and culture from a Christian worldview. I am your host, Joel Berry, and I am so glad that you have chosen to join us. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Of all the podcasts you could be listening to, you're listening to this one, and that uh, that is not lost on me. I'm very grateful for you as a listener, and I do my best to always make sure and not waste your time. I want to make sure I'm putting stuff out there that is fun and engaging, but also useful and informative, and hopefully, uh, you know, a slightly different spin from what you're used to hearing. Hopefully. We'll see. So today, uh, another short one. This is my solo episode today, and I wanted to talk about Bernie, you know, because Bernie is all the rage right now, and uh, there are a lot of people in the Christian world and the conservative world and elsewhere, wringing their hands, even in the democratic world, wringing their hands about the potential of a Bernie Sanders nomination for the Democrat Party. So we'll talk about that for a little bit. But uh, first, just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying the content, uh, head on over to iTunes, give me a good review. That is super helpful. Um, and I would be grateful. Uh, share with your friends and family. Uh, tell them about the podcast. Um, every little bit helps grow this audience and extend the reach so we can get the truth out to more people. So again, if you want to write into the podcast, if you ever have a question, if you're interested in appearing as a guest, you can write me at contact at thepettyprofit.com. Again, that's contact at thepettyprofit.com, and I would love to hear from you. So, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, oh boy. (laughs) It's hard to believe that uh, the United States of America, just a few short decades after the Cold War, I mean, our memory is short, isn't it? We are set to potentially nominate a socialist uh, Soviet Russian throwback (laughs) to to lead the ticket for the Democrat Party. I, I find it comical if it wasn't so scary. Um, but a lot of people worried about this, even on the Democrat side. I mean, it's, it almost echoes, I think, what a lot of us on the Republican side said when Trump was starting to gain momentum. I mean, a lot of people said he could never win. A lot of people uh, were really just worried about the state of the Republican Party and where it was going. I'm, I'm seeing kind of the flip side of that same sort of reaction on the Democrat Party. But I want to hopefully, I don't know, um, assure everybody today, maybe comfort you a little bit. Because for one, I I don't think Bernie has a chance on God's green earth to be elected president. And second of all, if Bernie were to be nominated as the Democratic candidate, he would not be the first communist the Democrat Party has nominated as their frontrunner. Some of you listening are going to disagree with me very strongly on what I'm about to say, but uh, hey, I'm just giving my opinion here, and I'll try to justify it as best I can in the limited time that I have. But before I kind of get into the main thesis of this podcast here, I want to quickly just get one little thing out of the way, and that is that there are probably some people listening that would even disagree with me on the statement that Bernie is a communist. I call him a communist. He says that he is a democratic socialist. (laughs) 
And I think this is a great example of uh, what uh, the great Scott Adams calls word think, where someone uses a word that we have a favorable reaction to, and we don't bother to find out that person's definition of the word they are using. And so if you are skeptical, when I say that Bernie is a commie, and you are skeptical about that, and you say, well, you obviously don't know the difference between communism and democratic socialism, completely different things, I would urge you to uh, to read a piece um, that I am going to link to in the show notes uh, from a site called Discern. Uh, I wrote a piece for Discern last week, but this piece is by a guy named uh, Peter Heck, who writes for the site regularly, and he wrote an excellent piece about Bernie's ideology and really outlines why Bernie's quote-unquote democratic socialism in practice and the way he describes it, the way he defines his terms, it's, it's indistinguishable from communism. For example, according to uh, the Wall Street Journal in an interview, Bernie asserted that workers needed to take immediate control of the economy if we are to survive, and he called for public ownership of utilities, banks, and major industries. Now, public ownership, you know what that means, right? That means government ownership. When he says the people need to seize control by people, he means the government. (laughs) And when you hear the word democratic, democracy, when he speaks that word, we generally have a favorable reaction to democracy, right? We want democracy. But the way Bernie defines democracy, again, from that interview, according to Bernie, democracy means public ownership of the major means of production. That is literally the textbook definition of communism. And Bernie's made this no secret. I mean, we have tape of him praising the Soviet Union when the Soviet Union was killing millions of its own people. We have him on tape praising Fidel Castro for his literacy program, even as he was jailing and executing dissidents. We have him on tape praising Hugo Chavez as he took Venezuela down a socialist road that has plunged what was formerly the richest country in South America to a hellhole plagued with famine. And so if you're skeptical with my assertion that Bernie is a communist, I would urge you to read this full piece. I will link to it in the show notes. Again, it's from Discern by Peter Heck, and uh, I think that you will get some good information from that. But Bernie is not who I'm going to talk about in this episode. I want to talk about America's first communist president. And this is the one that's going to get me in trouble. This is the one that I think most people are going to disagree with. But before I tell you who that was, maybe you are already guessing, I have to take you back to 1979, when the Soviet Union still controlled parts of Europe. Christianity has always been the most formidable enemy of this godless ideology known as communism. In 1979, Pope John Paul traveled to Soviet Poland to encourage the Christians living under the atheistic regime that had held them for so long. And the Polish citizens were warned by the authorities not to go to this rally to meet the Pope. They were warned to keep quiet. But that's not what happened. When the Pope arrived in Poland, he was met by tens of thousands of people 
lining the streets, and a chant began. Thousands upon thousands of people began to chant, and the chant grew until tens of thousands of people were chanting in unison, We want God. We want God. Some believe that communism collapsed at the fall of the Berlin Wall. But those who know better will say it started in 1979 with this chant of We Want God in Poland. The doctrine of Christianity has always been the greatest weapon against the atheistic, materialistic, collectivist communism. And the KGB knew this very well. You see, in the 1960s, the KGB greatly feared the ideological power of Christian truth. And in 1960, as part of a top-secret party-state disinformation program, they had developed an ideological weapon to push back against Christianity. And this weapon was a heretical brand of Christianity called Liberation Theology. And this information I am getting from a, uh, a National Review piece, which I will link if you want to know more. But Liberation Theology, simply put, is Christianized Marxism. It was the KGB's way of infiltrating the stronghold of Christianity and breaking down its defenses so they could spread their alternative worldview. Liberation Theology was condemned by Pope Benedict as a singular heresy and a fundamental threat to the Church. The KGB introduced it first in Latin America, where its influence is still being felt today, and in many ways, the poor souls of Venezuela have liberation theology to thank for their very Catholic country warming up to socialist ideas. But liberation theology didn't remain in Latin America. It spread to congregations in the U.S., including a church in the south side of Chicago called Trinity United Church of Christ. And it was here that Barack and Michelle Obama attended services for 20 years. You know, I laugh at Bernie as kind of a Soviet throwback, this guy who was a big fan of the communism of Russia, and he speaks very bluntly in those terms, but Obama was a different kind of communist. He was essentially a homegrown communist, and he grew up in a form of communism that was very Americanized and Christianized. You see, unlike Bernie, Obama knew how to contextualize the ideology of collectivism to make it more palatable to Americans and to Christians. Because for 20 years, Obama's faith and ideology were quite literally formed by a heretical version of Marxist religion that was developed by the KGB in the 60s, with the specific purpose being to infiltrate Christianity and spread communism. That's the church that Obama and his wife attended under Jeremiah Wright. They were married there. Obama was formed by extremist leftism. Communism, Marxism, socialism, collectivism, whatever you want to call it, I can almost use those terms interchangeably, is quite literally Obama's religion. It was he who was our first communist president. And that's why I'm not as worried about Bernie as some others might be. 
See, Obama was devious in his implementation of socialist ideas. He spoke and marketed himself as a moderate. And as I talk to people today, there are people who still think he was a moderate. I even heard someone today tell me that Obama was a center-right politician. And that is a person who could only have judged Obama based on his rhetoric and not his policies, because his policies in every attempt at policy, in every direction he pulled this country, he was guided by liberation theology and extremist socialist ideals. And by the time most Americans knew what had hit us, it was too late. But Bernie, on the other hand, is a loud, bumbling, honest-to-a-fault Soviet apologist who doesn't try to hide his admiration for communist regimes and ideas. His worldview is right out there in the open. And I am actually kind of excited to finally have an honest conversation about socialism in America. If Bernie is the nominee for the Democrat Party, I hope to enjoy an entire election season of ads listing in excruciating detail the crimes, the misery, and the body count of Bernie Sanders' ideology. Finally, we will be given the opportunity to drag this worldview into the light of the sun to wither and die as it should. And what's really sad and and frustrating to me about this is many of our public school and university-educated kids will be hearing this information for the first time, and that is a travesty. But if Bernie is nominated, they will hear it. Even if for the first time, they will hear this, and I think it will shock many. So, when we dodge the Bernie bullet, our next order of business will be to save our education system from the extremists who have infiltrated it, and our churches from the constant pull of race politics and gender politics disguised as social justice. And if we manage to do this, liberty may survive another generation. I hope it does. Either way, we Christians can trust in a holy God who sets up kings as instruments of blessing or instruments of wrath. In the end, he is our king He is good, and he loves us. So you may rest, fellow Christian. He knows what he's doing. Be engaged, have conversations, do your civic duty and vote, and trust in God, because he's got this. And those are my thoughts for today. I appreciate you listening. Don't forget to write a review on iTunes, and thank you for listening to the Petty Prophet Podcast.